You're listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast, where we discuss everything iRacing in a casual setting. Enjoy. Welcome to the iRacers Lounge. I am your host, Mike Ellis. iRacers Lounge is a podcast for the iRacer, where we talk all things iRacing in a casual setting. Joining me are the usual characters, Brian McCubbin. Hey, everybody. How you doing this week? All right. David Hall. Hey, hey, hey. Greg Hectus. I'm here, but not here. All right. Kyle Pendigraft. I'm feeling dirty this week. Dirty, dirty. And Tony Groves. What up, fellas? Well, let's get dirty. The NASCAR iRacing Coke Series gets dirty for the first time ever at Bristol Dirt, and we'll cover all those highlights from a wild night of racing with voice of eNASCAR Evan Pasoko. Which NASCAR legend is recuperating an injury with iRacing? And could the days of grossly overpaying for that new graphics card finally be over? And remember, you can follow along with us on your PC or mobile device in real time as you listen to the show and see for yourself all of these great topics and products we'll discuss by visiting iRacersLounge.com and selecting show notes. So we'll hope to see you there. Want to swap to hydraulic pedals, but you're worried about leaks? We want to take a moment and tell you about the SimCoach's P1 Pro pedals. Their proprietary no-leak technology ensures all fluids stay inside where they belong. They completely redesigned the hydraulic cylinders found on typical pedals and made them spec for sim racing. Designed, machined, and assembled right here in the USA, you can have confidence what you'll get is quality. Backed by their lifetime warranty, there's no reason not to give them a look. Head over to simcoaches.com and use code iRacersLounge at checkout to save 10% off your total order. Go do it now. First-time winner, Ashton Crowder, final time at a turn four to his first win in the Car Peaking. And the Monster Mile in 2020 is tamed by Nitron Garrelow. Going to look to the bottom. It is not going to be enough. And Ryan Luza is going to go back to back. He steals the win at Thunder Valley. Welcome, the voice of iRacing, Evan Pasoko. Joining us again is Evan Pasoko. Hey, let's talk uh, Coke race uh, for the first time on Dirt. Yeah, thanks for having me again. Uh, bummed I wasn't able to uh, chat a couple of weeks ago about uh, Richmond. But yeah, talk about a, a wild night, right? Um, first ever Dirt race in the history of the Coke series. We had heat races involved in the format. So uh, it was definitely a night of surprises. Well, it was definitely interesting. Uh, pre-race, we got some neat interviews with uh, the Beaver drivers as well as uh, uh, the owner himself. And then an interesting uh, uh, interview from Tyler Hudson, who is basically the director of competition or something like that, uh, about you know what his role is and his, some of his history, a little bit about his real racing. But it was neat to, to catch up with uh, T-Hud. Yeah, it was. You know, uh, he has the opportunity to drive um, the iRacing sponsored, uh, you know, dirt late model, I think it is still. And, you know, uh, still obviously the uh, race director for the Coke series, which, uh, you know, if it's hand in hand, of course, a, a prior um, competitor in the Coke series a couple of years back and now with iRacing. Tyler's been uh, intricately involved 
um, in a lot of stuff for the last several years. Um, I, you know, I remember when there was the media day in Charlotte a couple of years back, he was there doing competition meetings with the drivers. So um, I think that, you know, drivers are always going to have an opinion on how races are officiated, but um, you know, you got a past series champion handling it. So I think Tyler does a really good job. And um, funny enough, you know, talking about, you know, new format and all that, we actually did get some info out of him. Um, we were talking pre-race before we went live um and and blake and i were kind of wondering aloud um you know hey were we going to get track resets right were they going to reset the track state because it wasn't built into the session like that so we actually had alan ask him that during the pre-show and that's kind of how we got that intel so that was fun it's a good resource to have tyler around and uh he's always in the team speak every night yep and then so heat race one was the odd um the odds and then heat race two was the evens everyone advanced it was green Green flag. It was Bolin and Mitchell up front uh, into lead uh, turn one. Lap five, uh, Mercurio spins and collects Jimmy Mullis, um, but the no cautions in the heats. Uh, Graham Bolin dominated heat one. He'll start from the pole in his feature. Stephen Wilson moved his way up from fifth to second in the 25 laps. Mercurio and uh, Mullis had some tough luck there. It's tough for them, right? Because you, you you can't get away with a mistake like that when there's no yellows, right? So yellows were off for the heat races. Um, they get into a, an issue with Mercurio, obviously spinning first. Mullis has has nowhere to go. He gets collected. I mean, that ends it, right? Um, you needed to be, um, you know, trying to get your track position there. Then, right? I think it's interesting that we had heat races, but we weren't sending anybody home, right? We were still going to have a forty car feature, so it was really just um qualifying if you will you know inside row then outside row for heat race number two so um you know i think it certainly made their feature races much more difficult the fact that they had that tough luck but um at least what we learned early was grant Bolin was looking real good right best in single car qualifying and then because he won heat race number one um he was starting on pole so uh being a stat nerd i was kind of wondering if somebody else had won heat race one who goes down in the uh the record books for the pole didn't matter because uh, Bolin had both. So Bolin gets on pole for the feature um, by dominating that first heat. Yep. And then green flag heat two. Corey Vincent, Logan Clampett lead the field. Uh, lap one, a uh, big trouble with Zach Novak, Dylan Duvall, Ryan Luza in a big crash. It's what we're expecting, right? Um, 20 cars in each heat, smaller fields than what we saw in the feature. But with no yellows, you're going to get at least one incident and it's likely to come early. Um, your top you know, four or five maybe can, can single file out. But in the midfield, I think it's just an inevitability. Um, and this time through, it's it's more heavy hitters. Luza, Novak, guys who really could have done with a good heat to set themselves up for an opportunity to get a lot of points to, in that race um, are the ones, you know, who are involved in it right off the bat. Yeah, and we got some good racing in this one where Corey Vincent and Garrett Maines were slide jobbing each other. But Maines eventually takes that lead with six to go. Uh, three to go. Clampett gets by Vincent and goes after Mains. And on the white, it gets close, but Mains gets the heat win. So Mains will start yeah. second in that feature, but it was bad luck for uh, everybody else. Yeah. And then listen, that, those are big names, right? I mentioned Luza, Novak. Um, those are names you expect to be up there. It's tough that Derek and Dylan were in there as well. But uh, you're right, it was some great racing. Um, with the change for the race lead after we just came from having Graham lead every lap in Heat 1. Um, to seeing 
uh, you know, Corey Vincent uh, able to to hold on for so long. Garrett Mains go to the top spot. I think if Logan Clampett had another like three laps, probably would have been able to get it from him. Just ran out of time a little bit, but they all set themselves up pretty good uh, to start on the outside row instead of the top 10 for the feature. Yeah, so 40 uh, on the track now. Um, they get going. It's lap three when Keegan Leahy spins on the front stretch with no caution. Tough break for him. And then a caution is Vicente Salas. He gets turned. Kyle Peddle had nowhere to go. Dylan Duvall in it again. Derek Justice also collected. Yeah, and I think the tough thing for this is the fact that, you know, you sometimes, you know, in, in unique events like this, talking about race control, Tyler and his team, um, you know, you might prefer that the automatic full course cautions aren't on, but at a, at a place like Bristol, if there's a spin, the leader is going to be there. You know, if it's if it's not the leader reckon, the leader is going to be there in less than 10 seconds. Um, so we were going to see a lot of this right um, midfield, um, you know, three, four wide people, uh, you know, being aggressive on the slides and. Uh, certainly, uh, you know, lead into a lot of incidents. I mean, we had our fair share over the course of the race. Um, it's going to happen if you got 40 cars at Bristol normally. It's definitely going to happen if you got 40 cars on Bristol dirt. And I think that that was uh, bold. I know that some drivers were, were pushing for, you know, maybe a smaller feature. But I think, uh, you know, the fairest thing so that everybody can score points normally was to keep all 40 in and, and have an incidents like that is just a part of it. Yeah, with a points race, you got to include them all, I think, in the feature. But uh, restart lap 10, Graham Boland, Garrett Mains lead the field. And it's the big one, a big caution. Logan Clampett got turned. Corey Vincent and, uh, as well. And the track got blocked, like literally blocked. Nowhere to go. I mean, they completely uh, filled this one up. Um, and I think this is kind of the, the worst case scenario. Um, because a lot of people who are involved in the incident, sure, track's blocked, right? You can't get through. Um, but if the track's blocked like that, uh, you know, we see a lot of similar incidents as a place like a Dover, right? Um, where there's a wreck, but the cars will kind of come down the hill. They'll block the track at the self-cleaning racetrack. But on the pavement, people can stop, right? On the on the dirt, you can't really just stop. So there was a lot of frustration from guys like Luza and others in the midfield uh, who felt like they were getting run over after the track got blocked. But again, it's dirt, right? You can't just avoid uh, an obstacle directly in front of you. If you hit the brakes, you're going to slide into it. And you can't necessarily just steer around it once you've committed to throw it into the corner. So um, I think that kind of... Uh, heated a couple of people up per se um with some frustrations but again i think that's just a product of racing with 40 cup cars on a dirt track that's you know just barely over a half mile in length oh yeah and and if you hit the brakes you actually lose steering i mean you can't steer the car at all so it's almost better to stay off the brakes keep you know keep the wheels rolling so you might have some steering you know yeah and that's where people were frustrated right because if you just hit the brakes as i mentioned you're just going to slide right into it and if you try to drive around it, track was blocked, so you drove into somebody, right? Um, so there was real no way to avoid that when, when you get a, an incident that big. All right, restart lap 15. Graham Boland, Garrett Maines lead them. Uh, Colin Bowden and Bobby Zelensky crash on lap 16. Michael Guest involved. Parker Retzlaff also involved. Uh, uh, Parker running real well. I mean, neat to see him, how well he's doing in Xfinity as well. Yeah, it's super cool to see. Um, you know, we talked about this, I think, a couple of weeks ago as well. Um, you know, when Parker made that first start, um, how well that he's been doing on the real world side of things. And, and you know, Sim specifically as well. I think Colin Bowden's given us a lot. 
Um, but when you talk about that real life experience at a drivers, you know, just, just kind of on a broader note, not necessarily specific to this race, um, you know, five, six years ago, when you talked about the real world involvement of people in the Coke series, you could probably count them on one hand, right? A, a guys racing beyond, you know, a couple of legend starts and some go-karting stuff. I mean, now it's pretty close to, to 50% of the field is actively or trying um, to actively, you know, race professionally outside of the sim. So I just, I just think that's awesome. It sure is. Uh, restart lap 22, Grand Ball and Garrett Mains lead again. And it's Bardot uh, brings out the caution. He spun to the inside wall by himself on 23. Then we restart on lap 28, Grand Ball and Garrett Mains again lead. Uh, and then lap 36, we get a caution. Garrett Lowe, Donovan Strauss, and Vicente Salas spin. Uh, Salas can't seem to miss him this week. This this week. Yeah, and I think I made this comment as well, and I'm sure I've said it about a dozen times uh, here on the show that sometimes it feels like when it rains, it pours, right? You get in one incident, it puts you back in traffic, and then you're just in position to be caught in more accidents. I think it was uh, Bowden who said a couple of weeks ago, if, if you end up back there with the squirrels, um, you know, back in traffic. So it, it it is tough. And listen, I think all these drivers had a realistic expectation of – what this race was going to be right everybody was making their their twitter posts before the race saying you know take a good look at the car now because it ain't gonna look this clean at the end and you know th they were talking about far more than just the dirt on it um the one positive i suppose is that you know th this wasn't really an arrow sensitive race so people were able to continue out there missing the front bumper missing the back bumper and actually still be semi-competitive beyond just those cosmetic pits right you get a really heavy hit car still going to be hurt a lot of people actually got meatball flags which was a frustration point amongst the drivers uh with how sensitive that was forcing them down pit road for several minutes of repairs and putting them a dozen laps down but as long as you didn't get that kind of damage and it was mainly just cosmetic stuff race car could look like it was really torn up um, but but people were able to at least stay competitive and stay up there. Yep, lap forty one. Uh, we go back, and uh, I the favorite at this point, I think, is Garrett Mains. I mean, how he ran in the heat, um, how he took the lead, um, and, and so forth. But he gets turned by, uh, by Graham Bolin in a kind of a, a ugly incident. But it was no caution. Uh, and then shortly after, Parker Retzlaff gets turned and cautioned. It's it's funny, right? You I mean you look all the way back to the the incident at the very start of the race that we talked about the fact that uh, you had the spin with Leahy, no yellow, then Vicente gets turned around, yellow, right? Um, you know, Bristol's a tricky track where you really don't have an apron, so it's not as simple as uh, you know some of the bigger tracks where a, a you know car can spin off onto the apron and, and you kind of know you're not going to get the caution. Uh, Bristol, it's a toss up. Um, assume that if a car goes around, you're going to see a caution flag, right? Some drivers, I think, if they're turned around, would prefer to get the yellow because obviously the field freezes and you keep going. Um, I think it's worst case scenario to get turned and not get the caution because then you're just losing all those spots and, and you got to keep going. Yep, yep. And that's a tough break for them. Uh, caution lap 54, it was Dylan Duvall again, Dylan Alt in this one, and uh, Kyle Pedal again. And then in quick succession, uh, I saw caution seven. Tempers were flaring. I didn't even see what happened. Uh, caution eight. We were four wide at some point, and it didn't work out, surprisingly. Uh, 
Yeah, there was um, a few times where 4Y didn't work out, and, and unsurprisingly so. Um, you know, the, the thing about the geometry of this dirt track, right, is that they shaved off about six-ish degrees of banking. So in order to do that, um, the racing surface is bigger, right? Think of it as the opposite of what they did with Atlanta, right? The the outside wall at Atlanta stays the same, but to steepen the banking, they basically cut the apron into the into the bank to to make that you know incline up to the wall steeper. For Bristol dirt, it's the opposite, right? So the racetrack and the racing surface is actually much wider than it is on the normal configuration because in order to lessen the banking you have to basically push the apron further out right so that's how they do it with the dirt so we could at times especially in the corners be five wide i mean there's the room the real issue here is actually when you get onto the straightaways which is where it tightens back up yep absolutely restart 54 to go graham boland leads them into turn one and uh when we get to 49 to go it's a new leader, finally, Nick Ottinger. He took the lead after a slight contact with Graham Boland that shoots the 48 to the wall. Now, this is kind of, I, I think, you know, I, I want to say, I don't want to say karma, but, I mean, Graham did the same thing to Garrett where Garrett, you know, barely touched him and Garrett got put to the wall. Nick did the same thing to Graham. And so maybe uh, luck uh, came back to Graham on that one. Well, Graham was super aggressive all night long, um, and I think that Nick Ottinger learned that and said, listen, I know how this guy's going to race me. I really can't play nice, um, and he just had to go for it, and you know, Nick Ottinger's a vet. Uh, he knows you know, where that line is, and you know, there was controversy um, from earlier in the race. Uh, Graham Bolin and, and Garrett Maines, uh, you know, contact up at the front of the field. Uh, with the big slide job by Graham, so I, I don't think Graham has, has you know much much grounds to complain about. Not that I think he is complaining, right? I mean, I think he he knows that if he's going to race somebody aggressively, he's going to get it back. Yeah, and then finally we have some green flag laps. Uh, great racing. Uh, the leaders were actually catching the lap cars at, at thirty five to go. Um, up front, it was Ottinger, Boland, and then Stephen Wilson. Uh, the truck is really rubbered in and slicked off at this point, but. Uh, Nick, he holds on to it. What an absolute fantastic run to the end, and he wins the first uh, Coke uh, dirt race. Yeah, there, I don't know if there's ever going to be another first um, quite like this, right? Um, you know, we've been road course racing in this series for a long time. Um, you know, eventually we did have our first road course winner. Now we got our first dirt winner in the Coke series, and I don't know if there's going to be uh, a first of similar importance ever again um so it's uh it, it's impressive stuff for nick of course i don't think anybody should be surprised um of the success we see it in a gottinger right won the 2020 championship um has been loyal with william byron esports chevy seems to be really good um with some of those technical alliances as well on the sim so um it's it's great stuff coming out of uh, that entire camp of course uh, you know i think a lot of people sometimes forget that nick gottinger is the second most winning driver in series history and when you talk about years of experience he's the third most senior so it's the 11th year 
in the Coke series. So uh, I think he could he could definitely be a serious contender for the title again. And, uh, you know, we really didn't know what to expect coming into this one. And I don't really know if, if I can say, hey, Nick Ottinger did get on the dirt, so he's going to be great next week, right? I don't know if that necessarily translates just because it's so unique. Um, but I think a lot of people put some time in. And, you know, there were certainly those handful names that we talked about a lot today, right? Ottinger, Mains, Bolin, all those guys uh, were super impressive. And, and in the end, Ottinger comes out on top. Yeah, I think Garrett Maines is probably the guy walking away, licking his wounds the most. Um, but boy, Nick, I mean, very impressive. I mean, a cross-discipline uh, man. I mean, he's oval, he's road, he's rally, he's dirt. I mean, you name it, the guy can get it done. Yeah, he, he's very versatile. And I think when you talk about those other forms of experience, I think that's why he was able to adapt so well to a new challenge like this. Not not to say that, you know, these Coke guys have never driven on dirt, right? They certainly do it for fun. They certainly do it for NIS and A-Open and all that kind of stuff um, to practice for these races, right? So it wasn't complete cold turkey. Um, but, you know, as far as, you know, putting in a couple hundred hours of practice, uh, I think it's no surprise that it's a versatile guy like Nick to get it done. All right, very good. It was a great race. Uh, what do you? What do we got for the future coming up? Well, I was uh, making some comparisons to the Monster Mile earlier, talking about self-cleaning racetracks, and uh, we got it one of those uh, coming up here in just uh, a couple of weeks. So. We're going racing at the virtual Dover Motor Speedway. It's a track that's seen uh, many races, and uh, it's going to be a short one, right? Again, I think the constant theme this year has been these much shorter races. It's only 120 laps at Dover. I mean, it, it's going to depend on the yellows. Probably going to see a little bit of chaos, hopefully not as much in this dirt race, but this race could be over quick. So qualifying going to be super important. Um, you know, we've seen uh, certain people be super uh, consistent and good in qualifying this year. When you look at who's been able to, to start up front consistently, of course, the uh, talk of the town. At the start of the season was Nick Ottinger, right? His three consecutive polls look for him to fight for it again. And because the race is so short, half the battle might be starting up front. Yeah, track position, track position, track position. It's going to be key with that short race. So, all right. Well, Evan, uh, it's been a pleasure having you on to talk Coke racing, uh, especially the dirt this week. Uh, hey, thanks for coming on. I appreciate uh, the invite as always, guys. And again, uh, a little bit bummed I missed it a couple of weeks ago. But uh, sure to tune in for Dover coming up in two weeks on April 26th, 9 Eastern, as always, at nascar.com slash live. And uh, we'll chat about it after. All right. Take care. going to kick off the topic session with a tweet from from the australian grand prix uh vrs had a booth set up at the australian grand prix the race goers were able to drive vrs rigs as well as the world drivers including the f2 champion and f1 reserve driver oscar piastri nice work on the name yeah well done david some nice so setups too yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, so they have, a, what, three identical 80-20 rigs with triple monitor setups. And I'm sure they're using their um, their own um, wheel wheelbase and pedals. Um, but, um, yeah, it's a really nice setup. 
it's uh, really cool to see these things showing up at um, even international tracks now in Australia. And you can tell they know how to set up their FOV with those triples, right? They got them really close right behind the wheelbase. And I also noticed the computer is right behind the center. Like it, it's almost, it's a mini tower. It's not even a regular size tower. And I'm thinking, okay, what kind of graphics card fits into that that runs triples? I don't know. Pretty cool though. Uh, three of them and, and there's a line of people to, to try it out or, or people watching. I would say there's a group of uh, at least two dozen people there, you know, mingling and uh, trying to get their hands on the, this VRS setup. So pretty cool uh, to see it at an F1 race. I'd like to see what wheel they're using. The, uh, the triple monitors are kind of obscuring, uh, blocking the view of what, what wheel they're actually using. Um, does VRS have a uh, formula style wheel? I, I don't remember seeing one from them. Do they? I think they have one of both. Yeah. You, if you uh, click through the images, the fourth image, you can see the rim. It's a formula style rim. Oh, yeah. I see. You can click to the right and left there, Brian, uh, at the edge of the okay. picture. Yeah, pretty neat. I'm impressed by the small computer, actually. <laughs> well, I don't think any of us participated, but Nuremberg was this weekend in iRacing. Kyle, have you taken a look at some of these stats? Uh, no, actually, I have not, to be quite honest. Um, anybody else know more, more than I would know right now? <laughs> well, I pop opened uh, GT3. Uh, 942 teams uh, participated. That's pretty high for this race. I don't think, I think this is one of the lesser popular, you know, if that's a word, lesser popular uh, of the 24 hour events, um, just because the track is so hard to, to learn. I was actually on the way home in the middle of listening to uh, one of one of the other podcasts that you know we we did the swap with lately, uh, and they were talking about their experience. Um, I was, so I was right in the middle of them. They wrecked out. Later in the show, we're going to be talking about a uh, listener submission that uh, shows us some really cool ways to learn a, a really complicated track like Nova Ring. So uh, we'll we'll be we'll be talking about that a little later. It's it's a really really neat submission. Sure, That'll be handy, but even like, like what what else ha is that big? Uh, Le Mans, right? Mount, Mount Washington. Or, oh, okay, yeah, all right, yeah. Um, I mean, it took, it did, it definitely took days, I would say, to actually finally get to where I could sort of just feel comfortable making a lap at Nuremberg when I, when I thought I was going to have to run it. Um, learning something getting at least familiar with something like uh monza or or le mans not not quite that challenging i like to bring this up i mean even though we don't participate because iracingreports.com does a great job with stats i mean rob crouch has always done good uh year over year providing us good stats and now he's got it on his own website um, I also love to look at the who got the Grand Shalem. And I don't know if that's a term that he came up with or if that's a term in racing. But what it means is you won the pole position, you won the race, you had the fastest lap, and you led every lap. And I was looking at the 992 Cups uh, guys, and there's two people that got the Grand Shalem. There was one in the GT3s. So if you race in these events, you, this is a must look at to kind of examine, see if your team uh, won any of the, or, or got mentioned anywhere. Uh, Cause there's all kinds of different um, things that he tracks here. It's kind of neat. 
Now, this stat is actually interesting, at least on the GT3 board. Usually, just because of sheer size, uh, when you throw all of the USA clubs together, they they are bigger than than the other clubs. Um, D-E-A-T-S-H, that's uh, Denmark, and what other two countries? Or C-H? Germany, isn't it? No, I think Germany gets their own. Oh. But it, it may, it's right in that area, though. Basically, Central Europe um, had 1,100 participants versus just 700 from USA in that class. All right. Well, this one is a little bit interesting. Uh, Brian, They, uh, I think we've talked a little bit about this, but there's going to be the skip. In fact, this is an update, isn't it, actually? Skip Barber yeah. Formula iRacing. You got another race report for us? Yeah, we're halfway through this series now. Uh, race five just was this past weekend. This is the Skip Barber Firm Formula iRacing series. This is the one where you get the uh, to drive an actual, uh, get an actual car for a season for the Skip Barber season if you win this series. So uh, yeah, a big a big prize uh, for iRacing, and uh, they have a sprint race and then they have the feature race. So um, the sprint race was actually won by. Uh, an eNASCAR Coke driver, Matt Busa, took his first check and flag win of this uh, of this series at the Laguna Seca, was where they held the race. And uh, Mikel uh, Gaddy, he won um, the main feature. Uh, that's his third win of uh, this series, so he's in a really good position to, to take this championship. So uh, the second half of the season is going to start off next week, um, and uh, we'll get back to this series and. Uh, See who takes that grand prize of this golden ticket uh, race series. Check this out. Matt Busa got the grand shalem. Very he, nice. he started first. He finished first. He led every lap. And uh, wait, he didn't have the fastest lap, so I guess he missed that. That's Is that Almost. as big of a deal in a sprint race compared to a 24-hour? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> the win is the big a deal, <laughs> but uh, I'm sure he'll take it. It's like, hey, I got the grand shalem in Cub Carp. Cup, what is it? Carb cup. There you go. So, um, yeah, this this series is really uh, heating up. Um, the second half is get, getting ready to start next week. Um, this actually series, I, I two things about this series. I'm able to find on uh, iRacing websites, you know, the results week by week, and uh, it does a good job um, of uh, going through the results in the race. But I'm having a devil of a time trying to find series um, ser- point series. Uh, where where people stand, so um, it's not listed on their website like it typically is for any of the other um, marquee series that iRacing has. Like the Coke series has their weekly results and the and the cumulative point standings, but this one this one keeps the point standings off the page, and I'm having a trouble hard time finding it. Um, I'm pretty sure that Mikhail Gendy is the one who's leading because he's had really good results all along. So. Um, I'll keep an eye out and see if I can't track that down at some point. As of right now, I, I wish I had better information, but I just can't find those results for the um, for the series standings. Well, I mean, you might have spoke too soon. I mean, I was went going looking for the Coke uh, standings at enascar.com slash standings, and it was actually showing last year's results, and that was only a couple of weeks ago. So um, somebody needs to update that for sure. Well, this next one is pretty neat. Uh, Anthony, why don't you take this one? We got the uh, subscription giveaway. 
Yeah, I think uh, Steve Myers was really enjoying the uh, the Coke race so much. In fact, he uh, put out a little thing to any truck or cup driver that uh, tweets a pic of them practicing on iRacing, um, and they could get uh, five free one-year subscription codes to give away. That would be uh, that'd be a pretty nice little thing to to be able to get. So he's referring to actual cup and truck drivers that are going to be racing Bristol dirt this weekend. I haven't actually seen anybody uh, take Steve up on his offer yet. Um, so, but I'm sure there must be some drivers practicing. Yeah, there's, there's, there's gotta be a couple guys that are going to, um, you know, get these codes to give away. So it'd be, I mean, kind of need to see uh, what they do with the, who gets them for one, I guess, but uh hmm. Now, is Xfinity racing dirt? No, they're, no. they're not even racing this weekend. They're, they're off this weekend, yeah. Because I was going to say, I'm sure, you know, Alf, uh, Fast Pasta, you know, Alfredo would have done it. I don't think the spring race has ever been a triple header. I think it's always been just a double header at Bristol. Well, it's on uh, Easter weekend. They typically had off that weekend. So maybe they're just bringing in the cup guys and letting everybody else have some time. Well, trucks are running. Oh, that's right. You're right. Yeah, but yeah. they'll be home for Easter. The truck. Right, that's Friday. Yeah, I just I went. I've been to Bristol a few times in the spring race, and it's always just been just two races. Hadn't been able to do all three before, even before they started doing the dirt. All right, uh, Kyle. How about this new IR series coming up? All right. So the actually the highly anticipated IR04 series, uh, Greg West posted in the forums. For those of you who don't read forums like me, this would be really good for you to uh, to hear. Uh, Greg West posted in the forums that by popular demand and beginning with week five, iRacing will be introducing a second IR04 series running opposite hours of the current series. The iRacing forums uh, formula IR04 challenge fixed series will follow the same schedule, but have fixed setups while also allowing drivers the uh, opportunity to race the car on an hourly basis if they choose to do so. This series, while short due to a mid-season release, will still carry two drops and will continue as a full 12-week series for Season 3. I'm glad to hear that because when I need to go back and try to relearn that talent of road racing... This is what I go to, and they're a lot of fun. And it almost feels like, other than the speed, you're in basically an F3 car. Uh, that's really the closest comparison. Uh, I think they're 10 times better than the old Skippy. So is this going um, opposite of an open series? Yeah, basically okay. alternate. So before this, you could only race once in a, uh, every two hours. Now it's every hour. And if I'm not mistaken, I'm thinking it was all open setups it wasn't fixed right this is the first fixed i believe correct and for them to add it in the mid-season i mean that's a little unusual um i don't think we see that very often but we're they're going to start it on week five uh the, the car itself i mean it actually has a lot of high demand um i notice whenever i'm in the server that i see you know that number of people getting into those open series is pretty high, actually. So, like I said, there's a pretty high demand. I think a lot of people, though, just are wanting a fixed series as well. It's always going to draw a little bit better numbers um, on both sides of the series. If it's not, you know, my main cup of tea, those those two main types of cars that I run, I prefer to run fixed just because I don't have the time or even want to spend the money on a set 
right? If I'm going to jump in a random Kia or something, or just, or even go run, uh, quite frankly, something like the old, the old radicals. Yeah. That's where hosted shines though. You know, you get in a hosted race. A lot of times they'll put up a set or it'll be fixed with a set. That's, you know, the right kind of set. Yep. Well, I will take the next one. Uh, this one's pretty neat. You can be on an iRacing broadcast. Um, iRacing staffer Drew Adamson has announced in the forums that the next Thursday, April 14th, iRacing is showcasing the brand new Aston Martin GT4, the Honda TCRs, and the new uh, newly bodied NASCAR trucks. They're going to be broadcasting at 4.15 Eastern on the Michelin Pilot Challenge race. And then at 5.15 Eastern on the C-Fix truck of the C-Fix truck race. So the broadcast will be live and on the YouTube, Twitch, and Facebook. So this just happened today. Um, it was like a short notice. So, um, But it's pretty cool. I actually caught a part of the uh, truck broadcast, um, the middle of it. Um, I think um, at the time there was a Coke driver leading, Graham Bolin was leading the race i am not sure i recognize the names that were behind him but uh it was good racing they were digging around the top actually um and then if you tried to pass you kind of had to go to the bottom um and then they were doing slide jobs and stuff like that so it was actually fun to watch for the i don't know i probably watched it 10 minutes um but a good broadcast it you know it was a I, you know by drew adamson and his team you know in the iRacing headquarters uh, so high quality. Um, I think they had Blake McCandless, uh, one of the regular announcers from the Coke broadcast announcing. Um, uh, I think James Pike was there. Um, but yeah, it, it was pretty cool. I kind of missed the guys doing the broadcast for uh, Top Split on NIS Friday nights. Yeah, I'd like to see that again, especially with this new car and how everything's playing out with it. All right. Well, Brian, bring us up to date on Porsche Super Cup. Yeah, so uh, this past week was uh, Porsche Super Cup Series Round 6. So they're just past the halfway mark in that series. Um, and they were at Circuit Villeneuve. And they had a first-time winner again for the consecutive season. I mean, consecutive week. Uh, Dwayne uh, Warren was, uh, was a breakthrough winner because he's never won any races in the Porsche Super Cup Series. Uh, but he takes the win in the feature on Saturday's race at Villeneuve. He led all 20 laps of the main event in, in the race, and uh, Salva Talens finished second. Uh, third place went to, to Diogo Pinto, who is uh, just continues to just put down consistent runs, and that's what's kept him at the top of these point stand, standings for the season. So uh, if you uh, take a look at the point season, points, Championships, Diego Pinto right now is, is uh, in first place with 320 points. Kevin Ellis Jr., who's also been really consistent, he's had one win so far at 299, so he's uh, 21 points back. And Sebastian Job, who was actually uh, looking really good after last week, but uh, finished seventh in this race um, on Saturday. He dropped back to third in the final standings. So uh, we're getting down uh, to the final four of the season, and uh, you know, there's it still looks fairly tight. Anything can happen because it's so easy to get out of the points in these races if you just make a make one mistake and you're out of the points completely. So uh, there's a uh, quite a few drivers who are still still in this in this championship hunt as they head off to uh, next week's race. Yeah, probably the top four I think are still within striking distance. Um, I don't know if you're farther back in, than that. You have a chance unless there's trouble. 
but we'll, but of course, you know, that very well could be. I think anytime you figure the math out on a on just a single points championship, um, it isn't just how far you are behind the leader; it's how many other drivers you have to pass as well, right? Because if 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 you're going to get up back up, if right. on luck, it requires all three of them to have a whole lot of bad luck. Yeah, especially when you're coming from third or fourth, that's that's really hard to do. Um, and and by the way, next week's race I forgot to mention was at Spa, so one of one of the better tracks I think there are out there. Well, while we're talking Porsche, how about this finish, Anthony? Yeah, this one here comes from the Porsche Esports Sprint Challenge Canada, and this is a, a hell of a battle right at the end between Antoine Lacherite and Phil Bouchard. And these guys, nobody gives, and uh, just some really good racing. Um, I saw that they touched there a couple of times, but that was about it. And they finished like inches. Uh, the one guy's like just inches in, ahead of the other guy. But I like uh, they're, they're bouncing off the, uh, I don't know what you guys call those rumble strips, those raised rumble strips. Not quite turtles, but. A lot of good, uh, clean racing. I mean, like you said, they just touch just a hair, but it's clean. I mean, it's not like they're, it's not like a NASCAR road course, <laughs> like we've seen with with the dinger and, and whatnot, where it gets all insane. These guys are racing like professionals. Well, they went through what's called the uh, the Wall of Champions, right? Um, and if, if it's Montreal. I might, I might be getting it mixed up with uh, with the Road America Wall uh, turn, but um, that last chicane is hard enough to get through one wide. That's where they had the little bit of bump two wide, but still made it managed it clean. So the, once you get to that level, those, those guys can do it and trust each other to, to get through with without taking each other out. Well, it's almost like synchronized swimming going through those turns. You know, they, the one, the guy on the inside there, you know, he hits the, um, you know, that elevated part and he, you know, he's kind of on two wheels and then, a very quick second later, the other guy's doing it the other way, and he's on two wheels. And yeah, it was, it was really cool. Yep, Montreal is a fun track, but that that last chicane there that that um, if you hit the curbs just a little bit too much, you're in the wall. That's that, that's one of those slightly very unforgiving places. Takes out a lot of cars. Well, these two guys made it look pretty easy. So uh, Brian, we've talked. Uh, injuries before in iRacing, racing but it looks like uh jimmy has one that i guess came from from a real race long beach yeah this is a former nascar champion and uh seven was it six times seven time champion now seven time champion uh jimmy johnson uh of course he's in the indie indie car series now and uh he actually had got an injury for a broken fractured right hand he suffered in a practice crash uh, at yeah, at Long Beach. So he tweeted a he tweeted some pictures of him getting ready to uh, to get into some practice at um, Indy for the uh, for the Indy 500. And uh, yeah, he's he's got his hand in a cast and he's sitting in front of his eye racing rig uh, with his with his broken hand uh, playing uh, doing some testing at a uh, Indianapolis Motor Speedway. So really cool that um, that these guys are using the I racing as a way to rehab injuries where they when they couldn't get out on track otherwise. Yeah, so Jimmy broke his hand, and then he, you know, went out and practiced the next day and raced and whatnot, and then he wrecked again. 
And so anyway, he ended up with like a two inch screw in his hand. And I think this, this picture he took is the same day he got the screw, maybe the day after. And so he's like about, this is rehab. You know, I need to put my hand on the steering wheel and feel the forces and, and rehab this. I got Indy 500 coming shortly. It's April, you know, May's May's coming. Uh, you know, my first attempt, I'm not going to miss it. Pretty cool. All right, Brian, you also previewed this one and I already kind of given it a little bit of a read too. So apparently we were talking about how hard Nürburgring is to learn the, the track and there, there's some way you can use Crew Chief to kind of help you along with it, huh? Yeah, this is, was sent in from a listener from um, North Wales. Um, so that's pretty cool. His name's uh, Roland Wallbank. Uh, how you doing, Roland? Uh, glad you're a listener. I really appreciate it. Well, he sent in, um, you know, he, he noticed how, how we are talking about how difficult it is to learn Nürburgring, how long it is, how many turns there are. Well, he said that um, he posted in that there's a way in the crew chief that they have uh, the crew chief app that you can um, record your uh, voice on as you race and talk about where the where the turns are and you can uh, you can record yourself saying like slow 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 or right turn ahead or road titans or anything like that and then you play it back as you're practicing so or you'll hear yourself uh, give you these uh these cues on the track as to what's coming up. So it's just like having your, the passenger in a, in a rally car where, you know, he's sitting right next to you and he's looking at the map and telling you where to go. And, um, you know, for, for people who, who learn better by, you know, audio cues like that, you know, this is a really good idea. Um, and it could certainly speed up the process in, in, in learning the track as, as, you know, as tricky as, uh, the number ring is and long and, and complicated as it is. So really cool idea. And I, I really appreciate Roland for sending us message in. It's a really good, uh, a really good thing that he did there. And I took a look on the, on crew chief right now. It's in the same area in the bottom center where you assign your push, push to talk to crew chief. If you assign a button for, for talking to the crew chief. Um, so at the very top, it says talk to crew chief. And if you scroll down a little, you can see one that toggles record and toggles playback. And I definitely will use this the next time I need to learn any track. It's kind of a yeah, neat like idea. Saying, Mount Washington, this would be a fantastic um, thing to do. You know, if you're learning that track or even if you already know it better and you just, you know, need some reminders as you go up. Well, I think that's the thing. I mean, if I had a rally style, you know, spotter, you know, giving me those kind of instructions as I'm going up the mountain, I think I could increase my time quite a bit, you know, cause you'd get confidence and, you know, you're getting the information ahead of time at the right moment to, to know, you know, yeah, very cool. I've, I'm going to go ahead and call this the best tip we've ever received. Yeah. And so anybody can get to the crew chief app. I think it's free, right? It's it is yeah. free. Yeah. I thought mm -hmm. so. I think they, they donations if you're you want to donate if you really like their service and i'm pretty sure i did if i if that's not the case so um yeah really cool um he also wanted to give a shout out to the lotus 49 and huskinville gt communities so uh uh yeah those are those are great series and you know as i was watching the um the enascar coke race you know uh, they had the commercials and i see those guys driving around in the lotus and i was like man i 
I really want to try that at some point. Um, so yeah, I'll check that out. Also, it's a uh, for Team Trained Monkey Racing is which uh, is uh, I guess his team that he runs with. So uh, so uh, shout out to all those guys. Thank you very much. Well, the neat thing about the Crew Chief app is you can just use it for what you want to use it for, even though it has all this depth to it. I mean, like I pretty much just use it for audio uh, playback of spotter and crew chief. I play it in addition to the iRacing spotter. And I have all three of those basically in my, my ear. That's the only thing I use it for. I don't use it for anything else, even though you have all this functionality, just like Roland told us about, um, and there's, there's much more to it. Like you can talk back to it, like David was alluding to and, and other things. Yeah. The very first time I was turned on to it, I used it to auto calculate fuel in uh, sprint road course races. Cause it would, it, it would be tracking your fuel usage and give you the right amount of fuel when you just, you would tell it, uh, fuel to the end and boom, it'd give you the, it would set your fuel to the amount you would need to take. Uh, I don't use that as much anymore because I've I've actually got JRT more fine tuned to do that than Crew Chief is. Um, just it, every once in a while, uh, JRT or Crew Chief would miss it by just one lap, and um, but it's yeah, it's very nice, very nice app. That Lotus Forty Nine too. If you if you guys think going back to the eighty seven is is going back in time, the Lotus is is even more. Um, if you get used to driving an Indy car or one of any of the modern F ones, it is such a uh, just brain buster to have to use the clutch again in in an old F one car, and to not have any downforce at all, none. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. It's a it's a neat car. It's it's really difficult to drive, but I think once you get the hang of it, uh, it's it's a lot of fun. It's contest time. Well, we have the Falcon Tire Contest, and it's uh, now the official sponsor of the GT4 Challenge, which is a fixed set. Uh, to celebrate the new sponsorship, they're going to have a special contest where you can win a set of Falcon Tires. Just place the Falcon Tire Race logo in a race in at least 10 official races in 2022 Season 2, and you're automatically entered to win a set of the Falcon Tires. So I guess if if you do this, it doesn't matter if you have a trading paint paint or not, right? You just have to have it set within the iRacing software, right? What a great Falcon contest! <laughs> that's fucking yeah. hilarious. That's one of eleven contests. Okay, we just read off the first one. One of eleven so, by them, or one of eleven that we're just having to be covering today? Well, on the page, there's eleven. Uh, you read the first one. The second one is. Uh, I don't know if we want to read all of these, but I'm going to read this one. This is Apex Sim Racing. They're the sponsor of the Advanced Mazda MX-5 Cup Series. And you can win a $300 gift card from them. You have to run the logo. There's a Buck Kicker one. Uh, they're giving away 10 Buck Kicker Gamer Plus units. Um, that's the Formula Renault 2.0 Series. Same thing. Yeah. Got to run a logo. Yeah, so this whole whole uh, thread is basically a bunch of sponsors throwing up contests. Sim Labs, reality. Sim yeah. Sim Labs, Sim Lab, Huskinville. Sim Racing Studio, Pure Driving School, Rick Motek, Vertigear, 
So if you like contests, go check these out. Uh, all you got to do is change for probably most of them is put the, put the sponsor in the iRacing paint. What a neat idea to have iRacing go to every one of their sponsors and say, hey, you know, cough up some gear. Let's let's give it to the racers. You know, let's have a giveaway, you know, and uh, I think it makes sense. You know, if you run any of these series just to go set the logos in iRacing, like you said, even though you're running trading paints, uh, you just got to run the series at least once, I think, uh, while, while running the logo. So. Well, it's not once. It's actually, it says 10 races, 10 official yeah. races in a season. Yeah. So if you like that car, give yourself a shot. I, um, my tires are pretty new, but could always use a new set. All right, Tony, how about the submission time? Yeah, that time again, Tyler Hudson's looking for uh, 2022 season three schedule recommendations. So uh, submission forms can be found on the forums. That uh, you want to uh, you want to have a say in this stuff. Get get them in. Boom. So Kyle, what do you do when you see this next thing happen? Uh, you panic, and some might say you drive through it or around it. Some might say you break for it. Um, I say find the best route possible and uh, close your eyes. If you actually watch the video, though, it's 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 spliced in with some Matrix uh, scenes. It's pretty funny. Now, this is a, a post from the 24-hour race that we were talking about earlier where somebody spun and eventually uh, some other cars came in and they basically blocked up the track and uh, we got a parking lot by the end of this. Oh, yeah. That's uh, – and, I mean, I don't know. You can't – it's it's a 24-hour race. You have to be a little bit more conservative. But when you're flying at 180 miles an hour and, and don't have any heads up that the track's blocked, you're not, you're not going to know that you're going to have to stop. So it's a, you know that's why real pileups happen on real highways where they're not actually even trying to race at 180 miles an hour. You know, spotter is key. I digress a little bit. I, you know, like today I was racing Bristol Dirt and I was coming around the corner and I hear my spotter say a car down low slow you know the automated spotter and because of that i was kind of looking up ahead and i just barely missed t-bone and a guy that was sitting there in the in the groove second and third place actually piled in and i I missed him but man the spotter is key uh in these kind of events to to try to miss it yeah and another thing that can give you a hint if you run the jrt dashboard like on mine i actually float it in the hp reverb uh, headset, Brian, you got to let me show you how to do this and start using it because it really is so you so beneficial. Um, but the um, it'll tell you when there's a slow car, even if a caution hasn't come out. So it will it will let you know. Uh, like flash yellow, road right? Yeah, it turns yellow and it actually tells you how many meters ahead it is. So you can see basic, you can see how far ahead it is and when you, when you're going to come up on it, and it will light up even before the yellows light up. Yeah, I run that dash on my Android phone right on top of my Fanatec uh, DD1. Well, Brian, since I kind of woke you up, why don't you tell us a little bit about William Byron with uh, the iRacing Dirt? Brian, try again. Can you hear me? Yes. Okay. So uh, William Byron uh, posted a a tweet um, about how he raced a lot of dirt during the pandemic. And uh, he's actually going to take that to the real track in – 
the Gap Volunteer Speedway in, in Tennessee. So, and uh, iRacing is going to be a sponsor. So he's got a. Uh, it's just a tailpiece. It looks like it's a, a modified. I don't think it's a, a, a late model um, dirt car that he's going to be racing at, at Gap. Um, you know, I've heard a lot of these NASCAR drivers um, in all the series doing a lot of uh, dirt racing to prepare for Bristol and. And uh, so yeah, so uh, William Byron is no exception. Yeah, he's a uh, he's a uh, he's going to be taking his i racing uh, dirt car out on the track. All right, hopefully he'll get a win. Special events are next. I'll take this one. Majors twenty four at Le Mans is happening. Uh, I saw a tweet recently. He said uh, he had fifty one entries so far with five weeks to go. But it's June fourth, uh, so you guys get signed up if you're going to uh, going to do it. Yeah, top four splits or so, I think, are being broadcasted and live cautioned. And this uh, this is a good warm up for the other, you know, the official twenty four hour Le Mans, right? Well, iRacing can't do an official twenty four hour Le Mans still. Well, we'll still do it. Marketing. Um, right. They dropped in a surprise one through a series last year. Haven't heard anything yeah, they did about the twenty-four doing that. hour Dorn series, right? Yeah, right. Was that during season two or season three? Mid season three, they just changed it. You know, no, I think they had they had it set up for the whole season because there were six. They did six twenty-four hour races at six different tracks. They just changed the what's normally the six-hour series into a twenty-four hour series that season, and I think that's when they did it was during season three. Right. Right. So. I don't yeah. know about any plans for that yet. We'll 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 find out. We'll talk to some of the other guys that we ally with and try to get something together. I know I I would like to run an LMP one just because when I'm in that series, that's my that car is so fun to drive for me. Uh, continuing on the events, we got the Bristol doubleheader. Uh, not going to read all the details. This is the one where they're running the trucks with a max of 2,500 I rating, uh, and and then it's open for the. Uh, cup car they will run if there's more than run or 41 cars they'll run heat races set the field and it's 500 for the truck win a thousand for the cup win and the entry fee is 15 for the trucks and 25 for the cup car and that i guess looking at the flyer is on april 23rd is when they're going to do that race that's a Saturday, and I don't race on Saturdays anymore, so maybe I'm going to sign up for this. I'll have to look at it again. But this is really the final call on this race, guys, if you want to run it, because it's a week from this weekend. Um, so, yeah, let's, uh, let's, let's pile in and, and try to help Ron out. You know, I, I have some decent success at Bristol, but uh, um, so, yeah, it's, it's a tempting so, Dave, you would obviously have to run the, the cup race, but Mike, would you run the uh, the trucks or the tru or the cups? I don't think Mike can either. Well, it says trucks will be I rating at 2,500. Right? I'm right. Where, where am I? I'm at. Oh, that's my dirt rating. I have no idea where I'm at. Let's just tank a couple races. 2333. Right there. there you go. You'll be at the upper end of that. Yeah, I'll run the truck race. Yeah, you could get back in Old Bastards. 500 to win. Why not? <laughs> there you go. It's a fixed setup, too. Old Bastards is 35, I think. 3,500. All right. As long as it's after work, off the check. What are the times? 7 p.m. Eastern. Ooh, I'm still at work. Ain't going to do it.
We want to take a break from the show for a moment to tell you about our sponsor, Sim Coaches. Months ago, I made the switch to Sim Coaches from Load Cell Pedals. I can tell you from the experience, the difference is huge. I'm able to break deeper than my competition and be smoother on the power exiting the corner. They have helped me a ton. Right now, for a limited time, Sim Coaches is offering our audience 10% off your order. You can't find a better deal anywhere else. Use code iRacersLounge at checkout. Head over to the SimCoaches.com website and get yours now. Podcast housekeeping. Don't forget the aftermath. Hey, what's going on with the aftermath, Tony? Uh, we're on a bit of a hiatus right now. We're just taking a few weeks off and uh, got some stuff going on in the background. But uh, we should be back within a couple of weeks. Okay. Don't forget our website, iRacersLounge.com. Hey, the Discord as well. We're having fun over there. Uh, if you're in the Discord, <clears throat> you'd have a heads up about our uh, wind sim project. So. Uh, go check it out. I'm really enjoying the uh, the interaction we're getting on Discord, especially because they're starting to come in and talk, tell us about things specifically for the show. And if you get on there and participate in Discord and we catch something, we're actually putting it on the script. So you got ideas, that's a good place to, to uh, become a part of the show, basically. Yeah, yeah. Well, some topics on the show this week are from our listeners in Discord, and I appreciate those guys uh, putting those up. We're also on the Performance Motorsports Network. All right, Anthony, roll with the fantasy. Well, personally, it was another week and another uh, few hours spent at the bottom of the list. But um, Greg, which is not on the show tonight, led Martinsville, and uh, he's not even here to be able to talk about it. Him and Mean Machines. Um, scored themselves each 249 points. It's, it's a tie, but um, I don't know if we've seen Greg at the top of these lists yet. Um, so good on him. He made some. He made some really good choices. And I see uh, Tyler Williamson was uh, <laughs> able to get his name in there. We got like a four-way tie for eighth place for the day. Um, yeah, I'm. I'm just. Uh, I don't even know what the heck I'm doing. I'm not picking right. I, I'm just not hitting yet. So we'll see what happens there. But yeah, Martinsville was a tough one. We got Bristol Dirt, and that's going to be likely another tough one. Um, and then Talladega. So uh, I don't know when it's going to turn around for me if it does at all. Brian, how'd you make out this week? I uh, did terrible, as typical. I think 22nd I was. Um, and uh, yeah, got my picks in on time. Just barely. I just came home late on a on Saturday evening, and just in time to get them before the race started. And uh, just did awful. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm actually taking some time these past two weeks to really uh, think about it and try to put in some good picks. And I'm still doing awful. So uh, <laughs> I don't know what I I, I ought to just uh, just pick names out of hats. I'd probably do better. Yeah. What y'all need to do is get your wives or daughters to just pick their favorite colors next week. That's a good strategy. Hey, I beat Chris. Barely. <laughs> well, David, I ain't going to have my wife pick anything or uh, pull names out of a hat or pick colors or anything like that because she is kicking my butt. She's 
Um, in sixth place for Martinsville, and uh, you know she makes sure she does a really good job of rubbing it in, and I don't blame her because our other fantasy league that uh, we belong to, it's a money-paying fantasy league. I'm leading the points right now, so I get to rub it in there. Now, are you using the you, same picks in both leagues, though? I was going to say, how can you lead in one and, and being terrible on the other? <laughs> <laughs> well, here's the thing. So um, this one here, uh, the the other one's more of like an old school one. So you, you pick uh, drivers from groups, and you run the same drivers all year long. So there's you pick it at the beginning of the year, throw your money down, and, and just let it ride and see what happens. But I've not ever failed, fared too well with uh, within that one. Um, but yeah, this year, um, it was kind of funny. Uh, we, uh, uh, all eliminated Kyle Larson because every single person, I think there's about 20 of us that are in that, in that, uh, fantasy league, we all picked Kyle Larson. So we eliminated one whole group of, of drivers, which is working really, really well in my favor. Well done. I kind of enjoy the, the, other podcasts or radio shows that that have just the host do pickums where where they have to kind of go in an order and then they still only get to use each driver once or twice and they just they just pick the one those, those are kind of interesting yeah that's that, that's neat We've got some good uh you definitely get some good talking points out of that one here um definitely fun i i like the way we're doing things i don't necessarily like some of the changes that nascar put in for this season um, but this, this one here, the one that they've, they've provided us, uh, is definitely my favorite just cause it's, it's, it's a lot more hands-on, um, than the other ones that I've done. And, you know, like the ones that you've described, David, this one's, um, yeah, you got your garage pick and yeah, it, it, it's fun even when you do suck. Will this computer run iRacing? Not now. Okay, the first hardware topic we're going to hit today is a new Derek Spears design. Uh, they unveiled their new DSD Matrix button box controller and posted a YouTube video on their channel giving an overview of the new product. I like this little design. It's nice and sleek and compact. It's got a, a rotary dial in the middle, which is probably more likely going to be what you use for uh, brake bias. It's got six rotaries, three on each side that both flank a four by five square button grid. And then you got two other big buttons at the bottom. Yeah. Matrix or grid. Um, So this is, this gives you a lot of options in a really tight space. So if you, if you're pretty, if you feel pretty dexterous, this is pretty handy. Yeah. That's where the name I come comes from. That's why I said it DSD matrix button controller, but I like how thin it is. I mean, just like his other button box, he, debuted uh, recently super thin super lightweight um pretty cool uh now i looked at the website this product isn't on the website when i looked um i think he just wanted to put up a video of his new his new design it's just a a personal um thing about it i really really do not like this at all this just looks like it's way too much going on even if you're not running um like vr like i don't think you could use that and run vr you um, could just well, looks how do you very complicated it? well it's it's just 
it's just six rotaries and then and then the big brake bice and then it's almost basically like having a number pad but what would you actually do with the matrix buttons is i kind of i um, see what tony's point is pit configurations mainly pit configurations uh is is that really is going to be the biggest come thing that it comes down to i mean i use i've got a button for clear fuel i've got a button for max fuel i've got a button for fuel to the end i've got a button that clears tires two tires four tires i've got a button for fast repair i've got a button for windshield right uh, i've got a button that moves my offset i don't have to go to the offset page so i've got oh. a button for each of those you'd have to have it memorized you couldn't la- there's no room oh, yeah. for labeling well i mean I've, I've got it memorized now in the in the vr I've got a button that changes if I've got JRT on auto refuel. I've got a button that changes how much extra fuel it puts. Do I want one extra gallon? Do I want two extra gallons? Um, so yeah, there's all those different things that you can do. My labeling system definitely wouldn't work on these. Way too small for Sharpies. Right. Yeah. I do like the knob though that, you know, the one that you said was you can be used for brake bias. Cause I like it. I like that big knob that you can grab and turn and crank on. Um, as opposed to the little smaller ones that are a little tougher to reach. Though for me, when I'm in the oval rim, I still don't use a knob for brake bias because I don't use my paddle shifters. I have the sequential shifter. So I, my paddle shifters are actually set for moving the brake bias. And that that's the just the cloak that's for your quickest adjustment that you want to be able to hit without taking your hand off the wheel i've heard of that it's called cheating is that what's called how it, no nice try <laughs> but if, it's literally programming a button that's not cheating and unless you have somebody to go into everybody's house and make sure they're all using the same will no just kidding with you well who might be cheating is people on gpu prices brian yeah, so um, this was a, a YouTube video from PC Builder. Um, he posted this video, and uh, he's saying that these that the GPUs that had have, have just been off the chart expensive are finally going to be dropping to the MSRP, the manufactured suggested retail price. Um, so uh, I, I don't remember these things ever being MSRP from the moment they were launched. Um, they, they shot right up through the roof and, uh, you know, all through the pandemic and the uh, supply crunch and the chip shortage, these things have just been crazy, crazy expensive. So um, I don't know if this has anything to do with uh, supply lines becoming uh, better or if maybe, um, if maybe, you know, the next series is, is going to be coming out soon, the, the 4,000s or whatever. But um, he, he seems to think that they're uh, going to be back to MSRP uh, pretty soon, if not already. Um, I have not seen those prices just yet, so um, I'm going to keep looking just to see if uh, they actually do uh, do come down to their MSRPs, but um, he's, he seems to think that they will. Getting closer. Uh, as we've documented, it's going down and down and down, so um, Did we- maybe the summer might be a good time to do a build if you've wait- been waiting for it. Yeah, possibly. I, I know I'm not going to buy them when they're inflated. Um, did we ever hear anything about that blackmail situation where they were trying to get them to drop the 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 Bitcoin mining blocks? Well, Nvidia hasn't caved, as far as I know. They haven't. Uh, they just went on business as usual because they demanded them to put their source code out on the internet and all that. They didn't do that. So I don't know. I mean, it. I think. 
we're waiting for the other shoe to drop. Well, you know, what are the bad guys? You know, they threatened something. I forgot what it was, but, you know, the, NVIDIA didn't do what they were told to do. So uh, we'll see what the bad guys do next. Well, we can move on from that and just uh, talk about this Intel GPU delay. Uh, I'm going to throw this one to you, Kyle. Uh, yeah, so I don't know if Intel is a delay because they're having issues or if they're trying to build up the hype, but uh, Paul's Hardware posted a video on their YouTube channel announcing a delay in the release of Intel's new desktop GPU, um, which doesn't surprise me. Uh, the first you know, go around with Intel going into the GPU uh I had a feeling something like this might end up happening. So I don't know if there's bugs or whatnot that's delaying it. Uh, I haven't had a chance to watch the video yet. Well, I think Paul says basically it's Intel being Intel. You know, this is their, this is how they operate typically is they announce something for a particular time and, and it usually delays. Um, and, and this is no different. Uh, he's a little upset with himself for jumping on the bandwagon and saying that, Oh yeah, Intel will, have a product out by the end of the first quarter. Obviously we're past the end of the first quarter and that's why he put this video out because um, it looks like Intel might be pushing this over to third quarter or fourth quarter. So uh, that was another reason to perhaps wait to build, do a computer build because is, you know, is this going to be something that you want to put in your computer uh, over, uh, you know, an NVIDIA maybe. Yeah, and, and at this point, it seems like you're going to be waiting, you know, six months before you can even test these things, see how they stack up, really. So we'll see on that one. All right. The next thing that we have is the next Level I Racing GT Elite review. Um, OC Racing's posted a video reviewing on their YouTube channel of the next Level Racing GT Elite rig, asking, is it the... Um, is it the ultimate mid-range sim racing cockpit? I popped open the video and just jumped straight to the conclusion, and um, they seem to like it for the price. Yeah, I watched this video as well. This is not their, um, you know, flagship product. This is their mid-level pro cockpit, the one, the lower-priced one, and that's where the elite comes in. That's the name elite, which means their middle one, and so. Basically, everything was that was said was was on you know positive, except for the uprights. The uprights that hold the wheelbase are abnormally tall, and I think they make that on purpose, you know, to accommodate uh, people of different heights. Okay, um, but this particular uh, racer is not a tall person. And he had the wheel, you know, mounted fairly low on those uprights. And he indicated the uprights were actually in, you know, his vision of the screens. And he's literally blocking, you know, his vision. And so that was almost like a deal killer for me. Uh, you know, other than that, I mean, everything else was fairly positive. A tiny bit of flex in the wheel, uh, wheel base uh, as well as the pedal area. He didn't notice it while driving, but when you watch video playback of him driving, you can see the flex. And that's one of the reasons I didn't go with Next Level Racing, because there's just a tiny bit there. It's not much, but it's there. Yeah, the, the whole leaning thing is an artistic design, I think, is actually sacrificing a little bit of the stability. Because you don't have an the extra triangular strut that gives you that true 
uh, triangle strength. It's it's just leaning by itself. It's not it's not it's only two slots wide, and it probably comes down to how heavy the aluminum is as well, right? So, yeah. oh, go ahead. Yeah, uh, sorry, Kyle. I was just gonna say, like, there's some complaining about how tall these uprights go. Just take a saw and cut them down. It's not hard. You put a little cap on the end of it. Wham, bam, thank you, ma'am. It's not a bad price. $700 without the seat. So, like, I have the next level GT, which is the steel or metal uh, assembly, not the 8020 aluminum. And the way they designed it is kind of similar to this, except for the uprights for the steering wheel mount. It actually comes angled from the foot pedal area. And then it has a brace, you know, tying into it into a triangle shape. And I tell you what, this thing is sturdy. I don't understand, you know, what would make this the elite if it doesn't even have that upright support like mine has. Um, and mine was $900 with a seat. So I, I couldn't fathom knowing this now about the, the flex and the 8020 version of it that I couldn't fathom spending $700 without a seat to get something that's going to have some flex where this thing, I've literally got a direct drive on it and I have not noticed one bit of flex out of it. So they might need to go back to the drawing board a little bit with this one. Well, and you said it yourself, the one you've got has, has that triangle support. Yeah. That's ge the geometrically strongest shape. Correct. Now, now I want to, I, I want to throw a little caution out there. I mean, when I say flex, I mean a little, a little, a little bit of flex. But compared to Sim Labs, which is zero flex, I mean, there is a, a difference. Now, if you look at the link in the description of the video, you'll get a link to the website where they show it $699 by direct. One of the pictures they show with the rig has a very unique monitor mount with a very widescreen curved monitor on it. Uh, as well as a four, uh, a second monitor up above with like timing and scoring. Pretty neat how that monitor mount, it, it actually comes off the back side of that angled upright. Uh, and I've never seen anything like it, but that was, pre that was pretty cool. I like that. All right, next up, Brian, we got the Moza Racing R9 base. So, yeah, this is uh, by our good Barry Good buddy Barry Rowland at the Sim Racing Garage. It's the Moza Racing R9 base and the GS wheel that comes with it. Um, I think we've seen other, um, other uh, another review of the Moza R9, which is the nine newton meter um, version of their uh, direct drive wheel base. Um, it's not. It's one of the smaller ones, kind of comparable to the um, Fanatec uh, DSL or CSL DD. Um, so, uh, Barry tested it out. Uh, he goes through his rigorous process of, of, uh, of running through it. Um, and at the end of it, he gives his, uh, final thoughts. That's where, where I picked up at. And, uh, yeah, he was pretty in this unit. Um, it's, it's, it's a solid unit, very smooth. Remember him saying uh, uh, it was a really smooth operation. The the, the feedback is, 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 is pretty good for, you know, uh, for nine newton meters. So, yeah, it, Goes along with some what some of the other other reviews were saying um, that this uh, this thing's a, a serious uh, wheel to consider. It is. I mean, and, but he did say the words. There was this a hair notchiness. You know, you could feel that digital notchiness. Notchiness is that a word? 
notches. Um, just a little bit. Um, so like granularity. It's not smooth. Yeah, and he had trouble dialing that out. Um, he had really good things to say about the, the road wheel the road wheel that comes with it, and it looks pretty darn solid. The, the way the wheel attaches to the base, rock solid too. No play like Fanatec's crap uh, QR thing that has play in it. Um, this has zero play in it. Um, so there was a lot of good things to say about it, but that notchiness kind of threw me off. I think your dog agrees. Yeah. All right. Well, we're getting jumping into a little of the software side, Mike. How about the uh, Stream Deck app that we've got here? Yeah. Lauren's uh, Specs Nidger on Facebook posted, hey, if you always wanted a Stream Deck but don't want to spend that money for the hardware, you can get the same options on your phone or iPad with his subscription software with the same options. So basically, it's an iOS app that looks just like Stream Deck. And then you, you know, you put it on your iPad or whatever and boom, you're in business. 26 uh, euros per year. I'm curious to try this because I've got the, I've got a stream deck and I've got the iRacing plugin for it. And I'm curious to see how representative of each other they are. Okay. He's got some pictures up here on the, the Facebook group, Sim Racing Builds. Of, of it in action. I mean, the buttons, I mean, the design of the buttons even looks the same, Kyle. Yeah, the they look very similar. Are the buttons fixed or do they have a screen on them where you can change what button does what on, a, on an actual stream deck? Uh, you can change it to however you want. There are limitations, though, with the stream deck on what you can and can't do. Um, I'm hoping that he's going to continue to work on that to uh, improve uh the user but experience but it's not where you have to stick a label on it it actually has like a digital display or something yeah it's got its own digital display yeah. of you know tires fuel all that um can you page on it can you like change pages in the middle of an operation or is everything kind of stuck and fixed yeah i mean you can change pages um it just depends on how you got it set up on the stream deck app itself or the software itself the reason i ask stuff like that is because that would be really hard to use in, in vr yeah, wow. definitely would be because you really got to look at what you're doing or know exactly which one you're pushing. And if that can change, eek. and if it's on a, if it's just on a, a, a tablet, you can't feel the keys. You have no idea where you're right. Exactly. Right. On a flat surface like that, you'll never be able to differentiate one button from the next. But it's still it's pretty cool. I, I kind of like the idea of it that you can, uh, you know, use a touch screen from a phone or, or iPad and and uh, and just customize it. Obviously, if you're um, not racing VR, it's something you'll be able to see as you as you look through it. So I think it's a pretty decent idea. Yeah, if you're racing on a budget and you need a button box and you have an iPad laying around, I mean, this is a cheap solution. When I first started iRacing, I used an iPad button box. I, I used software called rock hat i think it was called um and it worked it but it was clunky because like there's not real buttons i mean you have to look it down you have to look at what you're pushing obviously and so forth yeah because like for the longest time i before i even bought an actual stream deck i used the app on my phone and my ipad for a stream deck and upgrading to get a stream deck to actually feel the button made a world of difference i don't really don't have to even look at what i'm doing all right, this next one's quite a wall of text, Tony. I don't think you're going to read it all to us, but tell us about this rig review uh, from a listener. Oh, no, I'm reading it all word for word. Prepare. All right. 
Okay. Everybody no. that's watching live, enjoy the rest of us. Take our nap. Uh, listener Heath Rop sent us this and uh, it was a, it's an upgraded rig that he's done. And uh, well, he's first off, he says, hello, my dudes over at iRacers lounge. First, let me start by saying thank you for putting out my favorite podcast each week and putting so much time into making it a great show. Well, thank you, Heath, for being a great listener and sending us some contents. We have some stuff to talk about. That's great. Um, so he's just upgraded his rig from a GT Omega um, with a Fanatec Club Sport 2.5 and V3 pedals. He's got himself a proper 80-20 rig, and he got that from RacingCockpits.com. And he's also upgraded uh, the Fanatec DD1 and the Heiskenveld Sprints. He's got a nice-looking game computer sitting on the back, and as well as a Super Nintendo sitting up there. That yeah. would be a regular Nintendo. And that's he's the got, original NES. That's the NES, yeah. And he's got Days of Thunder hooked up to that bad boy. So he, he's nice. our people. We're in good Actually, company here. Well, do, I lose, do I lose my gamer card? Calling it the wrong Nintendo? Well, yes, you did. He's yeah. actually got like the OG without the door broken off on the NES. So you know it's old and you know he's had it for a while. Well, you can't have that door getting in the way because you got to be able to blow all the dust out, right? I should say, you remember right. the days of always having to blow on the cartridges? It was like yeah, a daily I, thing. Well, he's got himself a, you know, a nice little setup. I'm sure he is extremely happy, especially with the, uh, you know, with the, um, the direct drive wheel, the, the Heiskenveld pedals. Um, I love that tray on the back, being able to put everything up there. He's got that full, he's got a full on a uh, full size NASCAR rim, full oval rim, right? I'm pretty sure it's got the NASCAR brand in yeah. the middle. Is that the same one you've got, Mike? That's, that's the Fanatec one. Okay. Full, the 15 He's got incher. a Derek Spears, Spears uh, button box on the right hand side there. Yeah, that's the exact same layout I've got on the right side. Yeah. And he's and also he got set- a new seat. Sorry, Teddy. So- he got that new Pris, uh, NRG Prisma seat. Uh, yeah. I know Mike's got, got one like that now, right? I had yeah. one before and I sold it to Tyler. Tyler, Tyler uh, really likes that one too. A little, a, good seat. a little hack I do instead of setting um, that the big red button. Instead of setting that for engine start, I'm, I've made that my toe button for everything. That's that's how I have mine. I have that's my toe button, Just, and I use the two toggles right above it with the covers for my ignition and uh, start. Yep. So does he got the iFlag LEDs on the top and bottom of the screen? I think it looks like they're just regular. Well, I think LEDs. they're just highlights. Yeah, because they're two different colors. If it was a flag, it would probably be the same colors. Yeah, he mentions um, in his write-up that he's got a butt kicker hidden underneath there. He said it was giving him some troubles, but he's got that part all figured out. Yeah, he got the the Butker Gamer Plus. That's one of the new ones, right? Those, uh, those higher output ones that they just released. Well, uh, about that, I mean, Will Ford have put up a video that he was having trouble with it. Um, they sent him one for... Uh, you know, to put, make a video about, and he couldn't get it to power correctly. Like it, it was having power problems. So, uh, yeah, I'd be careful until we hear more about those. Well, he also says that, um, like, Will Ford had the um, issue of it being loose from the um, from the clamp that it comes with. So he just um, said he took the clamp clamp off, drilled out the holes a little bit, and just used some standard M8 bolts. Um, 
to attach it to his rig. Yeah, between what this listener is telling us and what I saw Will Ford post, I would not be buying the new butt kicker at this moment on their on their pre order um, until this is sorted. Because yeah, it didn't sound good. Some of the things I've heard. Well, this is a great little uh, great little rig you got there, Heath. Thanks for sending this to us, and thanks for the extremely detailed write up that really uh, really helps us flesh things out. It's it's nice when he get them like that. And and apparently he's a he's a man after my own heart. He's been relegated to the basement. Yeah, unfinished basement. <laughs> right, unfinished basement, just like me, right next to the AC unit. Well, speaking of Will Ford, yeah, his next one is uh, on the Boosted Media channel is a review of the Astrotech SimSport Forte load cells. Um, in fact, he calls it a detailed first look. Mike, did you get to give this one a, a watch? A bit. Um, it's, of course, an hour long. I, I got through parts of it. But the gist of it is the Forte is their less inexpensive version of these Invitica pedals. And so we've been hearing and seeing about Invitica for a long time. They've had some great marketing. Um, they've gotten their pedals out to all the reviewers and, and whatnot. Uh, and, and Will had already reviewed those pedals, and we've talked about them on a previous show. Uh, but now they have these, these cheaper Forte versions. Um, and he basically goes through the differences of how they're designed and what makes them a little bit less expensive and that kind of thing. Yeah, I'm, I'm just bouncing back and forth. And there's one scene where you, he's got two, two sets lined up right next to each other. Right, he's got- basically comparing, yeah. So if you're interested in these pedals, I mean, this would be a must watch to decide, you know, which one is the right product for me. It, I can tell that it does have the software kind of similar to what uh, SimCoaches has now where you can shape the throttle the way you want to uh, help improve your performance. I have for like short tracks and road racing now on my cup car, I have it where my throttle is slow early and faster later. So that I that I'm less likely. Actually, it starts fast, goes slow in the middle, and then and then spikes at the very end. It makes it easier for me to not spin out when I'm exiting the turns. Um, but the biggest thing I was running into at Bristol Dirt this week was uh, wanting to keep the throttle on. If you completely go off the throttle, your car becomes a, a, just a, a missile. Right? It won't turn anymore for dirt racing. So you want to not come completely off the throttle. So one of the things that I did was I went the other direction and I have a a real sharp increase so that I'm getting 50% throttle when I'm actually only pushing it about 25. Um, And that's allowed me to get through the corners better without having to worry exactly where 50% throttle is. Uh, So that software is always very handy if any, if any pedal comes with it. You'll just switch back next week, though, right? To something more normal. Yeah, I can I can save up to like five different profiles. Like in the sports cars, I just leave it flat because the traction control takes care of that part. And I'm I think this next one, I think uh, I bet Mike could probably handle this one. Or Kyle. So and Kyle, yeah. Kyle and I have been working on the win do-it-yourself win sim, based on Will Ford's video as well as uh, some others. And, um, Kyle, you, you printed up, uh, a a couple pieces and sent them to me. 
that I needed and I had all the other parts. I got the soldering done finally. I had to get a magnifying glass that was 10 times uh, so my eyes could actually see what I'm doing. Thank you to Tony who taught me how to solder via video. Um, that helped a lot. I don't think I would have gotten through it without Tony's assistance there. Um, so it was a team effort. I, I got to say that. I mean, I, if I wasn't on a team, I don't know if I could accomplish these kind of projects. I mean, uh, to have people that I can rely on that bounce ideas off of. and Like I was stuck on a couple times in this project. I would We have a thread going in Facebook Messenger. I could go in there and, and, and get some answers, you know, from somebody or some ideas. And, uh, and yeah, so I mounted mine um, up above my or behind my fourth monitor above the triples. Um, they kind of face each other. And then the hose comes down over the left and right monitor from above. Um, when I first got it up and running, I hit the test button. I would see the fan turning. So, hey, I'm like, hey, the fan turns. I got power. I'm good to go. So I sit in front down. I, I, I open up the SIM hub. I get everything going. I turn them on. And I put my hand up to it. And I, I'm not feeling really wind. I can kind of feel wind blow around, but it's not like blowing. And I'm like, what is wrong here? So eventually I went into the kitchen and I found some confetti out of a gift bag. And I taped some confetti to the side of the hose and I turned the fan on all the way. And sure enough, the confetti got sucked into the hose. So I had actually installed the fans freaking backwards um, and they were sucking. And so I've created the first SIM vacuum, I think. Kyle, uh, what about your experience on putting them together? Well, I had the same experience as far as putting them on backwards. Um, luckily, I caught it fast. Um, as soon as I hit the test, uh, I noticed that the same as you, I was getting a sucking and not a blowing. So I unbolted the fans from the cones and turned them around and rebolted them. And then I kind of just set them up on the desk for a minute and just tested to see how they do. And that's when I was like, I need to figure out how I'm going to actually mount these things. So I ended up mounting mine under the desk and then coming out basically right behind the steering wheel. So they kind of blow like on my chest and not so much in my face where they dry my eyes out. Um, and that also, so it's not blowing right into the microphone as well. Um, and then they, they seem to work great. Um, I did notice some tweaks that need to be made within the SIM hub software, uh, so I just went in, turned um, like basically the power rating up to 100%. Because even they come, the software comes at 50% as soon as you set it up. And it works good. I mean, you, you feel it, but you just don't really feel much. Um, but as soon as I turn up to 100%, I could really get the fans blowing some really good air around. Um, adjusted the speeds on when they are at minimum speed or at maximum speed. Um, other than that, I didn't really have any issues. Uh, the soldering was a little bit of an issue, even though I am younger than you, Mike, I still got bad eyes and it was hard for me to see, but I ended up having to kind of mess with the solder a little bit to get it right. Uh, the one other thing I did notice though, is in Will's video, it shows you to set the Hertz at 1600. And then the second video that he made for it said to set it at 60 Hertz. Well, I did it at 1600. And it worked fine for about five minutes, and then it was intermittent. It would pulse. Uh, so then I went back to the video, went down to 60 hertz, and then I couldn't get any fan movement at all. I think I got very little. So I 
kind of dabbled around with it. And I took it down to a thousand hertz, and that's where it was like the sweet spot. It didn't. I don't know if it was overheating the board or overheating the fans or overworking them, but once it turned down to a thousand, it was perfect. So I'd like to get all your settings in SimHub. If you could, Kyle, screenshot those and send them yep. to me. I just want to see if we match up. I feel like I'm not getting a, a lot of wind out of the hose. I'm getting some. It's it's subtle though. It's not. I wish it was more. So that's the first thing. I thought I was going to get a little more wind, but it might be the software I don't have set right yet. Yeah, so I'll do that. Uh, right, one thing you. I did notice though with it is the fans. I don't know if it's just the tubing or the fans or what, but they hum pretty loud even with headphones on. I can still, if I tune out the the sound like of like the game or whatever, I can still hear the the hum pretty good. They are loud. That was the next thing I was going to say. Um, now, Brian warned us about this, <laughs> but, um, you know, I also had to change how I'm doing the sound. So if you know, I've always run my engine sound through speakers. Well, immediately these fans were disrupting that. So I ran the engine sound now through the headset and it seems to be a good balance. Now the, the fan noise to me because it varies depending on the mile per hour, it almost feels like the wind noise that you would hear while you're in a race car. So I'm actually not, I'm okay with the noise at this point. Um, it seems to be part of the effect. Yeah, the next thing I you need agree. to do though, is put a windshield in front of you. So it's blocking all of the wind. <laughs> well, and, it, and the, like the left, so I went around Dover as a test last night and when you go into the corners, the left one will go faster than the right one. Um, and vice versa, if you were turning right. I mean, so you, you kind of get a, a, an effect that way too. But then when you're going down the straight, you know, it gets faster the faster you go. So it's pretty neat. I, I, I'm kind of liking it. Um, I still don't know if I'm going to keep the, the hoses where they're at, um, you know, kind of from above. But uh you know, it's only been a day since I got this thing together. Yeah, see, I never noticed, I didn't, I guess, pay attention to the left and right as far as turning which one was blowing more. So I'll have to pay attention to that tonight. Yeah, and the confetti hey, uh, Mike, uh, is kind of neat to put on there to just get a visual of what's happening, too. But it's not uh, boom confetti, right? It's whoosh confetti? Well, the the so the fans, I, I can't believe the fans are the way they were backwards. I mean, even when you go on Amazon where I bought them and you look at the picture of the fan, they, they, they show a picture of it and you would think you're looking at the front of it. But in fact, they're showing a picture of the back of it. It's just an odd design, uh, the way it's designed. Uh, but yeah, um, never assume that you're putting it in right, I guess. Uh, you know, uh, I should have tested it before I put everything together. Mike, a uh, question for you there. I see you have those fans located next to your tower are you getting any heat off of your tower is it like pulling in hot air blowing hot air to you or is it or is it uh, pretty cool in that area it's pretty cool there i mean the the computer blows the the hot out the side or the back of the computer basically um but this is on ah. the side of the computer so really there's no air you know there's no warm air or anything so no it, it seems to be okay so more to come on the sim wind project um, that I switched from the vacuum project.
Well, all right, let's finish up the Friday Open Nashville, or no, not Nashville, NASCAR iRacing Series uh, at the display of excellent racing Martinsville races. Uh, we'll start with Mike. You uh, wrecked. Yeah, wrecked out. Five minutes damage. Um, two cars in front of me. Uh, they they hit, walked up the track. Everyone plowed in. Got the five minute damage fixed. I was nine laps down. Rolled around to lap one thirty. Got totally wrecked again. Eight minutes required. I finally parked it. It looks like Tony had a P four. Uh, he says, "I think I broke the caution record of twenty seven." Stayed clean in the top 10 for most of the race. He went from eighth to fourth in the final green-white checkered as the leaders wrecked on the white. He says he thinks many guys went without pitting the whole race, but even fresh tires, it was a pain to try to pass. And then I guess I'm next. Uh, P19. I had image or engine damage from a blocked track, and which, was, which made it even harder to pass. Plus, uh, the race control was just was terrible at martinsville we had reports of people losing wave rounds um and there was actually one case where i benefited from it i was literally in 25th place and we had had a caution where nobody pitted because it was one of those only two lap runs and suddenly 15 cars or so are just sent to the back of the line and they just shuffled the for whole no field reason up. for no reason just shuffled the whole field up none of them pitted none of you know we just we paced a few laps and suddenly they all had to go to the back um it was weird i benefited from that but I, you know it's still don't want to see that kind of a bug um later a similar late warning on a guy caused him to jump to the outside trying to let a, a lot of people go right before the green comes out and he goes all the way up to the wall so our only option is to stop on the track or go and i ended up getting the a black flag um which put me a, a, a lap or two down i did get a lap back but um th the damage was just killing my corner exit so the best i could do is p19 yeah the wave arounds are broke the uh, even at bristol dirt i mean if you're you know let's say you're at, you spin out and then the caution car comes out and it's going to pick up the leader, but you're right in front of the leader, it'll keep you behind the pace car. So then you would think at one to go, it'll wave you around. It doesn't. Then you're coming to green, you're starting the race of the lap car in front of the leaders. It, it was insanity. So is it safe to say that Martinsville and iRacing and in real life is broken? <laughs> yep. Um, the current uh, gentlemen's agreement when that happens now that guys have been going ahead and agreeing to do is have the lead, the true leader lay back away from the pace car a lot just just hold the whole field back and basically let the lap cars get a little bit of a head start and go late so that they at least get kind of half of a way around and they're not immediately racing with the leaders at the very beginning of a restart good idea but I mean our racing needs to get this crap together I mean we're in the middle of the season. These rules shouldn't be changing. Yeah, it's, it's just terrible. Anytime somebody is suddenly told to pass or let a car by one second before it goes green. I mean, that just that just ruins a the race. They've, they've got to have some way to, de to detect that you didn't actually pass the car that you're supposed to be behind, right, within a reasonable amount of time. Because any car that comes out on the, on the one to green lap 
that comes out late when the pits are almost closed, that car should be where it is, even if there's wave around cars and penalty cars. If they come out, if in a real race, when they're fixing their car up and getting damage fixed and stuff like that, and they come out, they don't get to go line up in the middle of the field. But what will happen is a 15th place car will be getting his damage fixed, but he's still on the lead lap and he, he comes out late and suddenly every lap car and penalty car has to let him go. Yeah, they need to get these procedures in place. I mean, the the wave around part, the the leaders starting or the lap cars starting in front of the leaders. I mean, the, this is easy stuff. I mean, they got to get that fixed. Sunday open, Kyle P fourteen. Uh, let's see here. Yeah, um, I, I participated, and uh, it wasn't uh, the best of races. Started mid pack, and just ran a strong race. Got the P three with five to go and just spun on my own and brought out a green white checkered and had to restart p14 and just stayed there for the last two laps unfortunately i uh i got too excited with being third right there and i we restarted we jumped actually the restart at like turn three almost and i just tried to lay it down and it just back in came around on me that's all all it happened to me there what, like trying too hard because you're trying oh to yeah i'm trying to get up there and just you know give the old bump and run to first place man i feel you david you put nightmare yeah i don't i didn't finish the race uh it was a lot of cautions kept getting x's kept uh one of the cautions i slammed on the brake so hard to avoid the wreck that I actually spun sideways because I had a lot of rear brake. Hit another guy. I had to apologize to him, and also went into the pits. That put that ended up putting me like two laps down. I got the two laps back um, finally towards the end, but my car or I was at six. No, I was at sixteen X, so I didn't want to race anybody. Right? Um, I was just trying to, to finish the race, and we're coming one. We're coming to one to go, and I'm like, I know. I'll drive through the pits and drop to the back black flag and i just quit at that point all right sunday fix kyle p10 uh actually uh me and um mr tom we both ran this race and it was um quite entertaining uh we both kind of had a uh a back and forth race uh i want to say it was actually a good run for the most part i started p12 uh, and had a rough race getting caught up and everyone's mess had to serve a drive-through went two laps down and finally got the lucky dog with about 40 to go and just slowly worked my way back to the top 10 glad martinsville is done for now yeah tom was p14 ran strong but was just on board the struggle bus getting spun by others i skipped uh fixed i i had to cook dinner um for my wife uh so i it, missed it it really would just be nice to see see the community settle down at martinsville and every split it was just impossible to get long runs I, you know and you you just see it constantly happen and happen and wreck 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 and i could probably loop that on the edit about 500 other times at some point enjoy just being able to make laps instead of rat wrecking every two laps but and you know it's not the same person every every wreck but you just you can't and the same thing is going to happen at Bristol. You just can't race it where you expect to make a pass every time you catch somebody. Yeah. Just because you have a run, you don't have to take it. 
Well, let's talk Bristol Dirt. Uh, David, P7. Uh, yeah, I, I was okay with this. I almost got a P5. We had one of those lap last lap uh, mishaps or in the area that dropped me to seventh, but it was it, that was all right. Spent the whole race in survival mode. I was like the 28 car dirt racing. This is the only time I do it all year, um, so I'm happy with the P7. I just I, my goal again. There were some times where I would catch people and I would I would try to tiptoe around them instead of instead of going full send and i think that's one of the reasons my car ended up staying alive all right tony rochette p8 remember back when you were a kid playing with your matchbox cars in the dirt that i just had more fun than mud cake six-year-old has ever found found myself up front top three most of the race watching lap cars nearly kill the leader half a dozen times final restart in p2 leader disappeared took first at the green lost it in turn two at the white and spun off the guy that took first in turn four before the checkered p8 did we already read tyler's no you can read tyler's all right tyler p7 nis was fun finally had a fun time in a series race started in the back as usual got dinged with the 2x early but made it through the wreck uh kept moving forward to the top 10 it became a caution fest so restarts were super important he got doored with about 50 laps to go and and it as a chain reaction had him in the middle as a sitting duck but he survived uh caution after caution for the green white checkered that brought him home with seventh with only four x he had a blast after some fine running suggestions from the team thanks to fosi all right yeah he was loving it uh me P2. P2. I can't believe it. I qualified second. I ran top five all night long. No mistakes. I never could get to the front, though. P2. So that's Phoenix, Richmond, and now Bristol, where I've been in position to win the race and can't close the deal. Pretty frustrating, pretty bittersweet, but man, it feels good to be competitive. So is it safe to say that your forte is probably short track racing, maybe? I don't know. It never has been, uh, but it's this new car. Um, you know, I'm, I'm running well where I used to not run well. Let's talk Thursday Open. My buddy, Tony Rochette, P2. He also got P2. He decided to run VR after last night on the monitor. Didn't have enough green flag runs to adjust properly. I'm crap on restarts and it showed after losing spots and getting them back a lap later. This bit me on the green-white checker, was second, fourth bumped me, lost a spot to third, got it back at the white with the leader well ahead. So close. I'm getting that win Friday night. And that's how I feel. I think I'm capable of winning this week and I'm going to try to win Friday. Uh, Thursday open, I ran uh, P8, but that's not how I ran. I actually qualified second again. I led all uh, most of the laps, 87 of 125. I was actually leading with 20 to go on a restart, and the guy behind me took me out. No apologies. He, he basically came up into me. Um, on the final restart, I was 13th after that, and I actually got back up to 8th. I put the replay in the chat. David, you said it was uh, pretty ugly. Well, yeah, he clearly came up, but it's Bristol, so I would, I if I could see myself accidentally doing that, but I would say, I'm sorry, you know, 
came up and yeah, I was yeah, because I suck at dirt. So, but if you kept his mouth shut, uh, the only reason, the only way that would be excusable is if um, he's chat banned. But at this point, you should have gotten a pre- PM, right? Nothing. Yeah, it was a, a tough way to, after leading most laps and really being the fastest car all race. Um, but man, like I said, two nights that are two races in a row, you know, I'm, I'm you know, in contention to win. Uh, it feels pretty darn good. Let's talk other racing. I ran hosted this weekend. Kia at Daytona. Chris McGuire hosted up uh, and I got wrecked out there. And then Car of Tomorrow at uh, Talladega. Um, that's a super blast. All right. League racing. Fast track. We got uh, Greg wrecked out. Adam wrecked out. Mike wrecked out. I actually started dead last. I worked my way up. I was P3 with 20 to go on a restart. I'm just riding the inside. And the guy in second basically turns himself off my nose. And then he calls me out for it. Uh, it was the same guy that David uh, wrecked into earlier. Um, and the same guy that took Greg three wide when Greg got taken out as well. So I don't know if there's a common denominator there. Uh, but David, you got P13. Yeah, um, I can't remember if I, I think I had damage as a result of when, when he took me out. In my case, it wasn't as egregious. And in fact, it was a little net Cody, but I was, I left plenty of room down on the inside. I wasn't squeezing. I was staying on the outside of the concrete and he started to, he just got tight and started to slide up and hit me. But just like in your case, he blamed me. Um, and you know, like I said before, I, I ain't no perfect racer. Um, but nothing, there's just no better way to tick me off than to mess up and not take credit for it. So, uh, we don't call names, but that that's just the wrong way to go. All right. We're all, we're all playing a game here. Mistakes happen. Uh, you can get over aggressive. I've made plenty of errors, but I, I will take credit for him when I, when I hit him. So, uh, it's just a shame. And, you know, future actions you know somebody's not going to get a break the next time they need a break it's just the, the way it'll work yeah you know and i've i'm going for a win you know I, a lot of the fast guys have wrecked out i'm p3 i get down to the inside of him i'm i'm, I'm just carving along the bottom lane i'm carving along the the curve i couldn't be any lower but i haven't i'm on the inside and then he's like trying to diamond down and he goes up and he's trying to come back down into the lane and you know i'm already in there six inches it wasn't you know? goes up it was a restart and he was just trying to fill the hole but the hole wasn't I, there yeah and it wasn't like i dive bombed or anything like that at all so I, I was a little bewildered by the commentary but there was a lot of other commentary uh, admins got a little hot and uh, a couple other people were wrecking each other with some uh, choice words yeah it was an interesting race yeah, we had a, we had some contact under caution. I'm sure uh, I'm sure the admin won't be happy with that. Well, let's talk uh, OBRL aftermath truck series. It was Tom Ogle with the win, Dwayne MacArthur second, Trace Brown third at Martinsville. Kyle, how about iRacing iRock? Uh, so for those of you who tune in tonight to the live broadcast. Uh, we are racing Bristol tonight on asphalt, concrete, whatever it is, under the lights, and it is a playoff cutoff race. Uh, 
So I am sure we'll run into a lot of uh, action, uh, heated tempers. Um, who knows what we'll run into. Um, also, season five is just around the corner. We are actually in the process of getting it uh, all the details lined out. Uh, we are going to be running the Xfinity cars for season five. Uh, if you are interested, please contact me, Kyle Pendigraft, or AKA Loud Pedal TV. Um, and I will get you set up and help you get into the league. Uh, we have all kinds of great little, you know, prizes and awards uh, throughout the season. Uh, we're actually in the works right now with uh, Sim Coaches as a sponsor for the league. So hopefully we get them on board and get things uh, taken care of on that end. Uh, so like I said, if you have any questions, get at me and uh, I'll see what I can do to get you get the ball rolling. Okay, very good. Let's jump to final thoughts. Brian McCubbin. Uh, well, uh, I have um, been sorely uh, absent from iRacing for the past couple of I got a new position at my job and it's taken up a lot of time while I'm going through the uh, uh, learning process. And um, so it's, it's really cut into my time. But um, it's just temporary as I get through the learning stage of this uh, new position I, I found myself in. And uh, I should be back soon. Um, so I miss being out on the track so much, but, um, you know, life is life and uh, we go from there. Well, we're glad you still made time to come on the show, at least. Uh, thank you for that. All right, uh, David Hall, final thoughts. Uh, glad to have a nice finish at NIS and kind of, I still feel slumpish, even though I picked up that win at Atlanta. So I don't know. We'll see. Um, not a whole lot other than that. Uh, uh, I will say this. Uh, we do love getting, get when you guys say hi on iRacing. So uh, anytime you see us hop, hop, hop in the split and you say hi, Evan, that's pretty cool. And guess what? We're probably going to cut you more of a break too. We don't want to, we don't want to wreck our listeners out. So, <laughs> Um, That's a so, good call. Says you. <laughs> well, Greg, you'll wreck a teammate out. So, whenever I ever wreck a teammate. Now, and don't forget to share the the show to other drivers in your races. Tell the people about it. Um, there's a lot of drivers out there that haven't even heard of us yet. So, make sure to share the share the wealth, guys. Okay, Greg Hall. I heard your name. Final thoughts. Greg Hectus. Yeah. Uh... I've just uh, been floating around like the other day. Um, don't know if I'm I'm uh, looking forward to the Bristol dirt, watching you guys uh, get all dirty last night racing in it. Uh, was interesting. It looks like some people aren't playing very fair either. It looks like it's been dirty racing too. So uh, we'll see. I think David said there's some good racetracks for a road this weekend, and since it's a long weekend, might be a good time to race some road. Yeah, I forgot about that. I don't have to work in the morning, so uh, we'll be. Uh, I'll be sneaking out on uh, Silverstone this week. All right, Kyle Pendigraf, final thought. Uh, so real quick here, uh, here recently, if some of you are watching live, you'll see it. I purchased a AccuForce F1 style wheel uh, Bluetooth, and at first I fell in love with this thing. I bought the recommended uh, US, or I'm sorry, um, Bluetooth receiver. Uh, it's a USB little plug-in, and it literally sits like a foot and a half from my uh, my wheel. And I've got to say, after some time with this thing, 
while it's nice to have, there are some bugs. So I'm going to get with tech support on this before I say the hell, the hell with it. Um, so that's kind of been my, my final thought for a while. Uh, I'm not too sure what I want to do. So I will keep everyone updated on how that goes with tech support. Ooh, I got a wheel coming that has Bluetooth and I'm been worried about that connection but it also has a wired connection as a backup so yeah this um, one's got wired um i just i kind of got it for the purpose of it being bluetooth and trying to get away from the wire right yeah i'm knock on wood i'm hoping mine uh, works well all right and tony grows he's actually got the vr on driving i don't know if he hears me oh i hear you just fine there mike i'm just uh getting a little get, trying to Get a few laps in at Bristol, getting ready for tomorrow night. I am going to be getting down and dirty and probably doing a lot of swearing, but I had a lot of fun last year, and I don't believe I made an NIS start, but I did race in the OBRL, and I fared out not too bad. So it kind of gave me a little bit of confidence, but it definitely gets me looking forward to uh, turning some real laps with a whole bunch of cars on here. Well, we'll we'll see how it goes. Maybe I can, you know, grab a second place. That'd be cool. I see you with your VR on and your shoulders are swaying back and forth. I can't tell if you're churning butter or what. Oh, I'm churning something. Let me tell you, this is, uh, this car's a handful on this track. And uh, the, the latest setup, David, that you uh, threw at us, it seems to be faring out quite well for me, but yeah, my uh, my shoulders are getting a workout. I know Mr. Rochette's still uh, recovering from surgery, so I don't know how the heck he's doing this. But um, I've been doing it for about a half hour now, and and my uh, my arms are getting kind of tired. All right, go get it. We'll uh, we'll try to win tomorrow night together. Uh, my final thoughts. Uh, wow, the wind sim has been a fun project. Um, I didn't know if I would be able to pull it off because of my eyeballs, uh, not being able to see the solder. But like I said, with the magnifying glass and, and some help from friends, I was able to figure it out. And I'm happy to get it done. Um, I'm not sure if I'm totally done. I got to tweak the software some more. Um, the other thing I didn't mention about that is the SIM hub actually has a wind SIM tab, which if you go through the tutorial videos, back from when those videos were made, they didn't have that and they had you do it a different way. So be aware of that. Uh, maybe that's the problem. I haven't figured out the software right, but it, um, I'm working on that. I did get my Fanatec hub uh, unbelievably about a month earlier than they promised. Um, it's sitting over here. I haven't even taken it out of the box because my cube controls wheel has not shipped. Now, when I purchased it uh, March 2nd, I was told uh, with a big banner across the website that it would not ship until mid-April. Well, today is April 14th, so I guess I'm hoping I'll get a shipping notice tomorrow or, or hopefully real soon because I'm anxious. And uh, my other thing is, boy, it's, it's fun to be uh, in, in, you know, competitive, uh, competing for the win at Bristol Dirt. Two, two races in a row. Uh, Friday should be three in a row. Um, I don't know it's because I'm in a lower split because of my low I rating or what, but it's fun. Um, but I was shaking last night. I'm not comfortable out there. Uh, to be, the way you have to modulate the throttle and the, and the steering wheel uh, left me shaking like a leaf last night. Now today, 
I felt a little bit more comfort. So I think as the week goes, I'll, the comfort will continue and uh, hopefully um, I'll get that win. But with that, hey, we'll see you on the track later. Thank you for listening to the iRacers Lounge podcast. Make sure you go to subscribe to us on iTunes, SoundCloud, or Google Play, Facebook, and Twitter. See you on the track.